of us that like to have a title, I always like to have a title. What are you teaching them? What are you saying? <laughs> so it's Joy 101. Joy 101. Like that. Yes, we're going to class tonight. <laughs> going to class. So I just wanted to start off with this picture of me when I was probably two. And I don't know if everybody can see it, but anyway, I'll describe it for those that can't see it, but I'm throwing my head back and I'm laughing. And my father is holding me up, but this is only one of two pictures that I have of him because he died, you know, shortly after this picture was taken. And so um, to talk about joy after it's been wiped out of your life, it's, it's only by God changing things like he's the one that I just uh, I am overwhelmed at how much joy he's given me because the enemy tries to steal things for those of us that believe the Bible the devil the the dividing line of the Bible is John 10 10 so you're either on one side of it or you're on the other side of it it says the thief came to kill steal and destroy and Jesus came that we'd have life and have it more abundantly. So the joy that he gave us, that's more abundant life. And uh, that was taken away from my family when I was two. Like there was very many things that I could go into that caused that joy to go away. But it was just the point that it was a foreign, it was a foreign entity to me. Like most people grew up knowing that it was you were loved and that out of that love came joy. And so when we go to Galatians 5.22, we'll find out that the fruit of the Spirit, when you get born again, those fruit are given to you by God. And love and joy come together to create such a power. But uh, one of the things that I wanted to do tonight was boast about God. And funny enough, one of the definitions of joy is to boast. <laughs> I say, God, you're so you're in the middle of everything anyway, but the funny thing is uh, he just gives you something and you didn't even know you had it. But my joy journey started when um, I can remember the first time anybody showing me a video about joy in God's kingdom. We are at Sue Thompson's house, and, and Ralph Poupart brought a video um, of Rodney Howard Brown teaching on joy. And that was so long ago, I thought it was contraband because I had never seen anything like that in the Church of the Living God. I thought this was almost too wild to even believe that joy could be displayed like that. We could see joy like that. Oh, my goodness. I, and my brain cells were fizzling because they weren't renewed enough. When George Moss first came to this church, he said, uh, I wish I had a Roto-Rooter that I could kind of clean out your brain. And I remember saying to God, what does that mean? I know it hurt. It sounds offensive, but what he was saying was that there's so much garbage in there that you can't receive the love of God. You don't know how to apprehend it because you, it's so foreign to you. That's why when you're laughing in the Holy Ghost, sometimes people don't understand it because they haven't seen it displayed. But anyway, George Moss was at New Covenant Ministries in October of 2014, and he was teaching on being led by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> So I was sitting on the end of the aisle, and Galen was right beside me, and Evelyn was right beside me, and uh, I said to God on the inside, um, can you get him to pray for all three of us, God? And 60 seconds later after I said that, 
He goes, you, you, and you, get up here. And I was like, oh, my God. Not only was he being led by the Spirit of God, but so was I. He had a word of knowledge that he knew that I asked to be prayed for. But I was also being led by the Spirit because I asked God for it. So um, anyway, when we went up for prayer, all three of us, um, that was the first time I experienced the joy of the Lord. So there's a scripture that says, believing you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Well, that's what happened to me. Uh, unspeakable means you're laughing so hard you literally cannot stop laughing, and you can't speak in English. You really cannot speak in English. So I was there on the floor for uh, at least 20 minutes. But I remember two months later, we got a newsletter from George Moss Ministries, and I read it in the lobby, and he goes, at one of my meetings, somebody was laughing. So I thought it wasn't something that happened to his meetings all the time for him to even actually write that down. But anyway, uh, so the spiritual meaning of joy, I, there's so many, I was having fun with this. The, the biblical definition of joy says that joy is a feeling of good pleasure and happiness that's dependent on who Jesus is rather on who we are or what's happening around us. So joy comes from the Holy Spirit. So let's go to Galatians 5. 22. <laughs> well, my Bible's got four translations, so I don't, you know, this is fun. Like, oh, which one do I want now, God? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, Galatians 5, 22. Yeah. But I like the, uh, the message. It says, uh, <laughs> it's pretty, uh, I, I don't know, it's just a, a neat one for me. But what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life, that's joy, serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. Oh my goodness. But uh, the Living Translation is also my favorite. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So when he says that there's no law against these things, the enemy can't take the gavel and go, guilty! He can't do it when you're yielding to the fruit of the Spirit. We're not operating in his kingdom when we're yielding to the fruit of the Spirit. And so uh, I know Pastor Gary taught on love, and the others flow out of love. So when you're yielding to joy, obviously, you're not going to hurt somebody. <laughs> yeah. So Noah Webster's Dictionary, 1828 version, it says joy is to shout, to rejoice. Uh, its radical sense is probably to shout or to leap, be animated or excited. Joy is a glorious and triumphant state, the passion or emotion excited by the acquisition or expectation of good, that excitement of pleasurable feeling which is caused by success. Wow. So this is the, the, his, diction, his dictionary one, but the other spiritual one is based on Jesus, who he is. That's where our joy is coming from. But because uh, uh, the joy of the Lord is not an external thing. It doesn't come from... Everybody likes me today, I have joy. No, that's not it. It's knowing something on the inside. This joy that comes out of you is coming from a well of salvation. Ooh, Jesus. So Vine's Concordance, 
2744 for those that want to look it up. Joy is to boast, glory, exalt. But happiness happens to us. Joy is the fruit of the Spirit, and when we find joy, it's infused with comfort and wrapped in peace. Now, I, this next uh, part here I really have to laugh about because uh, Caroline Leaf, so she, uh, she's a doctor, but she also studies the brain and how it works. And so I was laughing as I was studying this because she's telling you the scientific reasons why the joy of the Lord is your strength, a merry heart doeth good like a good medicine. <laughs> so I thought, God, you... I like it when the scientists uh, tell us something that we already know. Mm. Like this Bible's been written for 2,000 years, and they're only just figuring this out now. So most people laugh 17 times a day. Laughter is a form of conversation. It bonds people, and it's how we understand connections with people. So the mind is the driving force, and the body responds to it. Laughter helps memory storage. Oh, my God. If I laugh, it, incre it increases the ability of my mind to keep things. Yes, it does. Thank God. Laughter helps us to get balance in our emotional states. But it also builds and helps retrieve memory. Oh, where did I put my keys, God? Uh, uh. And so it, it's expanding your, your whole outlook on life. I said, it's more than we even know, really. But uh, she writes in technical terms, and I just tried to break it down. So we become more introspective to our non-conscious mind and become wiser. What she's saying is your unconscious mind is working 24 hours a day, whether you acknowledge it or not. And when you laugh, then you can access that part of your brain. <laughs> I have more access to that brain. You know, if we access the whole brain, we'd be like Einstein. So there you have it. So laughter helps us to protect us. It, it uh, improves basic survival. So laughter, the, 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 the best part of all this, stimulates natural antidepressants. Like there are so many people depressed today. My God. You know what I mean? And I was watching one of her podcasts, and she said, in the morning there's a chemical that's released when you first wake up, and it's like a depressant. So if you don't war against that or be acknowledging that this is the very time of the day that the enemy will come against you and try to suppress your joy, try to make you lay back down and say, I'm not, I'm not, I can't, I give up. No, I don't. Because when I wake up in the morning, the first words out of my mouth are the joy of the Lord is my strength. When my feet are on the floor, I'm saying the joy of the Lord is my strength. When I'm taking the dogs outside at 5 a.m., I am saying the joy of the Lord is my strength. When my body is weak and I want to cry because I can't step another step, I am saying the joy of the Lord is my strength. Praise you, God. Woo, Jesus. Make me want to laugh. So laughter releases serotonin, and it makes you feel calm. So you don't have to go to the doctor for drugs. All you need is a little laugh. So you feel a sensation of bliss when you have a good laugh. It makes us feel better, calmer, less overwhelmed, helps us with bonding. And it helps you when you're sad, depressed, or anxious. And I've been all of the above, and I'd rather not be again. So when you become depressed, your body tries to make it happen more. And then she was saying in this teaching that when you laugh, it breaks the cycle of depression. So how wonderful is that, that God gave us the ability to laugh and break the cycle of that depression?
They, I said, I grew up in a family that was depressed. We are bench pressed. We are under every press you could get. <laughs> so to know that you, you have a, an ability from God yeah. that you can draw on those resources that he gives us. But what I liked about it was she said, when you laugh, it also causes more oxygen to go into your body. So that's why your body relaxes because your muscles are tense because you're upset or your muscles are tense because you're sick or your muscles are tense just because you're broken down. But when you laugh, there's more oxygen going into your body. It releases the muscles. There you are. Yeah, uh, it's powerful. So, but I like the part where it fights toxic stress and thoughts. You know, toxic are evil thoughts. No wonder we're supposed to cast down every vain imagination that comes against the knowledge of God. There's thoughts in there that when I first got born again, there were so many thoughts I could get lost in my head. It was like a maze. Like somebody could be in front of me and I wouldn't even know they were there because I was so lost in all these thoughts that had nothing to do with God. But uh, toxic stress, sad thoughts, they harm the body. That's what she was teaching. They cause inflammation, damage to the brain, and it makes you physically sick. So it's not just one little thing. It's, there's a lot going on there when you're, when you're depressed. There's a lot of stuff. But uh, she was saying when you practice laughter, it increases your resilience. <laughs> so who would have thought you can practice laughing? But I remember watching a video from Lynn Hammond's church, and I thought they were getting out of order in the video. Well, they were getting set free is what it was. And... Uh, so I said to God, they're just putting that on. And Jesus said to me, didn't I say put on the Lord Jesus Christ and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh? So for me to fight against the move of the Spirit of God is actually being carnally minded because the carnal mind doesn't know the things of God. It only knows the things of the flesh. So for me to get upset at somebody that's actually yielding to the Holy Ghost means that I, I'm warring against God. Jesus. I don't want to fight against God. But what I liked about what she said here was, when you laugh, it gives your mind a rest. Because your mind is always working whether you're awake or not. Like sometimes I'd go to sleep and I felt like I had a war in my sleep. Like I had my swords out and I got my guns out and I'm fighting in my sleep. But she said the laughing helps you to rest. It gives off energy, and it helps to manage your mind. Who doesn't, want to mo who doesn't want to manage your mind? You know, for those of you like to manage people, manage offices, manage stuff. So laughter will manage your mind for you. <laughs> so, but uh, some of the things that joy does, uh, God restores joy. There's joy in God's presence. Joy is the result of righteousness. Joy is found in delighting in God's word. I remember one night I, I was feeling really not the greatest. And I said to, I started singing a song. I was delighting myself in God. And I like Handel's Messiah, so I was singing, And the government shall be upon his shoulders. And as soon as I started singing that, it was like, oh my gosh. There was delight in God's word. There was joy. And then I said, now I can go do what I need to do, because not only was I joying in God, he was releasing himself in me, plus the side effect was I had more oxygen, which means I got more energy. 
Yay! Yay! So uh, let's go to Romans fourteen seventeen. Romans. Yeah. You always like that you have good eyesight when your print is really small. Yes. Romans fourteen seventeen. We're going to start off in the message. <laughs> God's kingdom isn't a matter of what you put in your stomach, <laughs> for goodness sake. It's what God does with your life as he sets it right, puts it together, and completes it with joy. Wow. Your task is to single-mindedly serve Christ. Do that, and you'll kill two birds with one stone, pleasing the God above you and proving your worth to the people around you. Oh, my goodness. But let's go to the King James. Everybody knows that one. Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace in the jo in the <laughs> peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So I like the way Pastor Gary says it because I say it the same way. It's righteousness in the Holy Ghost. It's peace in the Holy Ghost. It's joy in the Holy Ghost. So the kingdom of God, all of it's in the Holy Ghost. It's not in the flesh. It's not outside God's word. But uh, when we look at some of the scriptures, peace and joy hang out together. So when I see peace and joy, oh, there's the kingdom of God in operation. <laughs> so let's go to Proverbs 17. Proverbs after Psalms, for those of you at home. <laughs> Everybody here knows where they're going. <laughs> yeah. They're all pretty much the same in all the translations here. A cheerful disposition that's a message is good for your health. Gloom and doom leave, leave you bone tired. And you wonder why you're tired someday, why you're depressed? Because you have no joy. When you have a cheerful disposition, it changes everything in you. Like God has woven that into my vocabulary. Even me and my brother, we both say it together. Like, I, we, I didn't train him that way. We just both do it together. God, I'm glad I got the groceries done today. God, I'm glad I got, got out today. God, I'm glad I got the housework done. Oh, I'm glad I even got out of the bed today. <laughs> so we're both saying it. It's like, thank you, God. We're glad. So uh, in the Living Translation, it says, A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. So that's pretty similar to the other one. Yeah. But... Uh, Here's one of my favorites, and I say that about every scripture, so you can't even... Isaiah 12, 3. <laughs> but I do say this a lot. <laughs> Isaiah 12, 3. It's funny how things are. So the message says, Joyfully you'll pull up buckets of water from the wells of salvation. But the Living Translation says... With joy, you will drink deeply from the fountain of salvation. But what I like about the message is, joyfully, you'll pull up buckets of water from the wells of salvation. What he's saying here is, the joy is the receptacle that you're going to obtain anything from God's salvation. What does salvation mean? It means everything. Being born again, being saved. But it also means nothing missing, nothing broken. It means eternal life. It means healing, it means health, it means prosperity. So if my dipper, if my bucket is joy, that's going to measure how much salvation I have. 
And if I have no joy, then my salvation is really going to be hindered. So uh, I said, my dipper is as big as I can get it. Because I've been, I've been developing it. I've been working with it. But uh, I mean, that first joy of the Lord that happened to me all those years ago, I'm only just starting to see the fruition of it. It took that long for me to, for God to be able to yield. Your mind has to be renewed to this stuff. God can download something into you by somebody laying hands on you, but then you're the one that has to walk it out. So let's go to Psalm 16. Yeah. He's the captain of our salvation, but we're the ones that yield to the captain. And if he's not the captain of your salvation in every area, then some of your areas are going to lack. So my joy levels were never that great until he started to help me renew my mind. Okay. So uh, uh, Psalm sixteen eleven in the New Living, you will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your, the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. But we like the, uh, the King James, you will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So if there's fullness of life in Jesus' presence, then when you release joy, you're releasing him. Like uh, I was talking to Carolyn about joy, and she said that uh, when one person laughs, then that's, that's an anointing that spreads to everybody around you. It really is. It's transferable. It's transmittable. It's, uh, it's easily obtained by somebody around you because uh, God is in there. Yeah. He's in that anointing of joy. And uh, I like word pictures. Ralph Poupart used to be very good at this. But the Ark of the Covenant and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, when they opened that lid, that shot of lightning that went to everybody, that's what happens when joy happens. People get transformed right in the middle of that. So we like that. We like that about God. So one Pe we're going to go to 1 Peter 1. But I like that image of uh, one person sparking everybody else. Because it doesn't take, I don't know how God brings scriptures to you. Lately he's been saying to me, I can save by few or by many. He doesn't need a ton of people to do what he's going to do. By few or by many. And I keep, he's encouraging me with that because when you, that's what faith is. Faith is walking by what you believe and not what you see. So when you're, when you're laughing in the Holy Ghost, you're definitely not moved by what you see because if you were, you'd be Jeremiah. He said, don't be moved by their faces, right? <laughs> yeah. I remember Kenneth Copeland said he preached to some, um, some people down the States in their culture was not to smile or laugh. So he just had to plow right through that and keep going because he was getting no response from them. But obviously that didn't move him. Yeah. So 1 Peter 1 verses 8 and 9. <laughs> We're going to go to the, uh, the message. You never saw him, yet you love him. You still don't see him, yet you trust him with laughter and singing. 
yet you trust him with laughter and singing. Because you kept on believing, you'll get what you're looking for, total salvation. Praise God. In the King James, it says, Whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice, rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. So the key word in that scripture is believing. You can't rejoice unless you believe. If you have no believer, you got no joy. Because it says right there, believing you rejoice with joy unspeakable. That means you're so full of joy, your, your tongue is taken over by God. He's inflating you with himself, filling you with his very presence, and taking you right over. Ooh, God. We want that. We need it. Because when you turn on the news, it sucks every lifeblood out of you. It really does. And then when you go to work, people just regurgitate what you heard on the news. So my plan is to, to stay in victory. And how do you do that? The joy of the Lord is your strength. So let's go to Luke 10. This one really excites me. Luke. Luke 10. 10. Verses, uh, verse 21, we're going to go to the New Living. 10.21. This one really, uh, I said to God, the more I study, the more I don't know. You know what I mean? There's so much to know about God. At that same time, Jesus was filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit. And he said, O oh, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, Thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleases you to do it this way. Wow. But I like the message. At that, Jesus rejoiced exuberant in the Holy Spirit. I thank you, Father, Master of heaven and earth, that you hid these things from the know-it-alls, talking about the Pharisees, <laughs> and showed them to these innocent newcomers. That would be us. Yeah. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. But the key with this is Jesus was filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit. So we always, Jesus always called himself the Son of Man. He didn't say that I am Jesus come down from heaven. He never acted like that. He was, he referred to him as the Son of Man. He had to identify himself as a man so that we could identify him as Jesus, the Godhead, when he died. He took our place. But uh, in the Old Testament, it says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. But in the New Testament, Jesus operated as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. So it says, the joy of the Holy Spirit. That makes me happy. Because that means we can do what he did. If he referred to himself as God on earth when he did those miracles, then we couldn't do the same things. We couldn't have the same joy. We couldn't, we couldn't operate like that. So let's go to 2 Corinthians 12, 9 in the Amplified. So the, the whole purpose of that scripture, well, let me skip that one and go to the message because uh, sometimes the, the Amplified can be a bit wordy, but the whole point of this is to talk about joy. Satan's angel did his best to get me down. This is the Apostle Paul. He had a messenger sent to him by Satan, and he had to fight to stay 
He had to fight to stay above the trouble. Satan's angel did his best to get me down. What he, in fact, did was push me to my knees. No danger then of walking around high and mighty. At first, I didn't think of it as a gift and begged God to remove it. Three times I did that, and he told me, my grace is enough. It's all you need. My strength comes into its own in your own weakness. Once I heard that, I was glad to let it happen. He was glad to have trouble come because he knew the outcome, that God was going to help him through every circumstance, every weakness, every thrown into the ocean, bitten by a snake, beaten with rods, put in jail with the poop. You know what I mean? There was just God three times. At first, I didn't think of it as a gift, and I begged God to remove it. Three times I did that, and then he told me, my grace is enough, it's all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. Once I heard that, I was glad to let it happen. I quit focusing on the handicap and began appreciating the gift. It was a case of Christ's strength moving in on my weakness. Now I take limitations in stride and with good cheer. Hallelujah. These limitations that cut me down to size, abuse, accidents, opposition, bad breaks, I just let Christ take over. And so the weaker I get, the stronger I become. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Glory, glory, glory. Let's go to Zephaniah 3.17. I got more scriptures than I got time, so I got I to gotta move. Zephaniah 3.17. I got the page written down because the minor prophets, I'm going, where are they, God? Please. Lord, don't have a problem admitting it. It's twenty one ninety four in my book. <laughs> Zephaniah three seventeen. This is talking about God over His people. In His love, He will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. I think about that scripture every day. He rejoices over me with singing. He's not just happy about me, he's singing about it. So the New Living says, For the Lord your God is living among you, he's a mighty warrior. He'll take delight in you with gladness. With his love he'll calm all your fears. He'll rejoice over you with joyful songs. Wow. Praise you, Lord. Thank you for singing over us, God. Praise you, God, for singing over us with joy. Hallelujah. Glory, glory. Uh, let's go to Isaiah 55, 12. When I, uh, I was at the Anglican church for a while, but once I became a tongue talker, I really didn't fit in with the crowd anymore. And so I was in the choir, and we would sing a song going in and sing a song going out. And this scripture was the, the last song I sang the last Sunday I was there. So I can sing it to you. You don't have to. I'm not Ashton, but I can still sing. <laughs> you shall go forth with joy and be led forth with peace. And the mountains and the hills shall break forth before you. There'll be shouts of joy. And the trees of the field shall clap, shall clap their hands. And the trees of the field shall clap their hands. 
The trees of the fields shall clap their hands. The trees of the fields shall clap their hands. And you'll go out with joy. So it was a prophecy for Israel, but God prophesied to me. I'm going, who remembers these things like 30 years later? But God does. You know what I mean? Hallelujah. Glory to God. But the message, I like the message translation of the scripture. So you'll go out in joy. You'll be led into a whole and complete life. The mountains and hills will lead the parade, bursting with song. All the trees of the forest will join the procession, exuberant with applause. No more thistles, but giant sequoias. No more thorn bushes, but stately pines. Monuments to me, to God. Living and lasting evidence of God. Woo! Hallelujah. Thank you for leading us out with joy, God. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. Hallelujah. Let's go to Romans 15. Yeah, I like that song. I sing it all the time. Well, that's one of the things about how do you stay filled with the Spirit of God? Sing to yourself songs and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody to God in your heart. Doesn't that lead to joy? I mean, if you have nothing to sing to God, make a grunt, make a noise, make something. You know what I mean? Because he's not looking for you to be... uh, Arias and symphonies. He just wants you to reach out to him, and then as you reach, that's what the grace of God is. It's reaching down, and you're reaching up. Faith reaches up, but grace reaches down. Hallelujah. So I'll sing in the shower. I'll sing wherever I'm at. There were some girls fighting at the bus stop the other day. I said to God, can I go over there and sing? Because they were mean girls. I wanted to do something. Please, God. I wanted to sing and distract them, do something. So Romans 15, yeah, no, I, no, I didn't, but I wanted to, I thought, <laughs> but see, the last time I was at the bus stop, see, this is where joy comes in, I really like when God gives you an example, there was two young boys at the bus stop at the bridge terminal, and one of them was singing at the top of his lungs like he was in the shower, and he had his music playing through his phone, and I'm going, Five seconds of me was like, I'm getting irritated now, God. Five minutes of this at a high volume. And uh, then I started to laugh. I said, I'm either going to laugh or I'm going to get mad. (laughs) So I laughed and I said to him, "Um, you really like your music, don't you? And he said, yes, I do. What kind of music do you like? I like Christian music, I said. He said, what kind of, what, well, tell me something that you like. I said, "Uh, Kirk Franklin. Oh, tell me the name of the song. Stomp. So he put Stomp on, the, on, his, on his phone. Yes. When, and I sang and I stomped at the bus stop. When I think about his goodness, it makes me want to stomp. So I was, and I wasn't quiet either because they were loud. So I, I said, I'm going to stomp. I could, but see, that's why you practice it at church. That's why you practice it at church. That's why you practice it at church. So that when you get out there, you don't care what they think. You don't care what they think anymore. I may look foolish, but I'm not going to hell. So, and that's the point. That's the point. So if I'm not going to hell, then I can leave them out. I shall go forth with joy and be led forth with peace. 
Romans 15. Do re mi fa so la ti. You watch the sound of music long enough and it comes out. You can't help it. Can't help it. Romans. Romans 15, 12, and 13. Romans 12, 13, 12. You know, I got me backwards. Romans 15, 12, and 13. I could be in tongues next, God. Oh, jeez. We're going to the message and Isaiah's word. There's the root of our ancestor, Jesse, breaking through the earth and growing tree tall. Tall enough for everyone everywhere to see. Take hope. Oh, may the God of green hope. <laughs> Well, he's talking about trees. Fill you with joy. Fill you up with peace. There they are, the two friends together. Joy, peace. So that your believing lives filled with the life-giving energy of the Holy Spirit will brim over with hope. Well, 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 well. But I like the King James because then we can really break it down. And Isaiah says, there shall be a root of Jesse. You know, and that's why he's talking about trees. <laughs> and he who shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, to him the Gentiles shall hope. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. See, there's that believing again. Remember before, believing you'll rejoice with joy unspeakable. Believing is the key to the kingdom. It's believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. My God, don't we love your joy, God? I love it even when people are uncomfortable with it. Because people are uncomfortable with it. If you haven't learned something yourself and somebody else is doing it, don't you kind of feel deficient a little bit? Don't you feel like I'm on the outside, they're on the inside, how do I get on the inside? Well, you do like Carolyn said, you just join the stream. You just get in the stream with them. One person will spark another person and then the anointing will flow. We're going to get some oil of joy. Isaiah! 61. Isaiah 61. I said, I'm too hungry for God to be on the outskirts. I said, no. You know that scripture, I will enter into his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter into his courts with praise. Praise is just the outer limits. I need to come in farther than that. But the praise starts you on your journey. Yeah. Isaiah 61, 1 to 3. Which translation, God? They're all so lovely. Limited time, limited time. Okay. I think we'll go King James because everybody understands that. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. <laughs> you're, you're winding me up, God. I can't help it. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. This is Jesus' ministry, but he also gave it to us. So you identify yourself when you're reading this. Jesus stood up in the synagogue and read this scripture, but he's also saying it's you. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who, are, who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, 
the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. I was joking with God to say, today, and I said, you like giving us clothes, you know. We got the robe of righteousness. We got the garment of praise. I think we're going to be pretty sparkly by the time he's done with us. But the oil of joy for mourning. So joy also releases that anointing. There's oil. When they, they, when they anointed the ministers to go into the temple, they poured oil on them. But when we yield to the joy of the Lord, there's an anointing that comes from God that is like oil. Yes, God. And our final scripture, going to James. Mr. James. Brother James. Brother James. Hi to all my friends on live stream, by the way. <laughs> you miss people when they're not here. Elaine, Dorothy Hearn, we love you. Evelyn and Sharon. I feel like romp room. And I see all my friends. Can you come out and play? Can you come out and play with me today? Please come out and play with me because I miss you. I really miss you. James, one, two to four. Yeah. Dear brothers and sisters, we're going to the Living Translation. When troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. <laughs> for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. You let it grow. I'm saying it again because I want it to grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. So the message translation, consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. It's a gift. If Pastor Gary went to the gym and there was no weights there, what kind of muscle is he going to get? He'll have spaghetti arms. <laughs> you know what I mean? It says, uh, you know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. <laughs> so in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of supposed war, what are your true colors? What's coming out now when you're being squeezed? Tribulation means pressure. There's pressure happening from everywhere, right? So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. <laughs> Let's do its work so you become mature and well-developed not deficient in any way. So I wanted to speak to, I know most people here are born again, but I wanted to speak to the people that maybe that are not born again, that, that are watching. And uh, in order to receive the love, that I, the joy that I'm talking about, it comes from Jesus. When you ask him to come into your heart, he brings those fruit of the Spirit in there. They're in there, but they are developed over time. But... Uh, We're not talking about a joy that's subject to anybody being nice to me, any finances coming my way. It's subject to knowing that there's a God in heaven that loves you, that refathers you. You were born in this earth in a physical body. That was your first birth. But your body has a spirit. You have a soul, and you, you have a soul, you have a spirit. God, I want to speak in tongues now. <laughs> Spirit, soul, and body, that's what you are. 
and your spirit is the very thing that needs to be refathered. And uh, we're reading through the Bible um, through Leviticus, and um, in George uh, Charles Charles Spurgeon's notes for Leviticus. Why I say this to what he wrote was in the Old Testament it talked about all the shedding of blood, and the only reason there was shedding of blood is because man couldn't approach God. He was too holy. And when Adam fell, he took away that closeness that man had with God. And so to get that closeness, that fellowship, that friendship back, you have to be born again. But Leviticus, I never saw it this way till I read this. So this is his notes on Leviticus. Every person by nature is like a leper. He's not saying you're a leper. He says you're like one. Because you're incapable when you don't know God, of fellowship with God's people, and you're shut out because of your sin. Sin just means you're missing the mark. You're not miss, you can't follow God's ways if you don't know him. So you're, you're set apart from God's presence and acceptance. So that's what all the shedding of blood in the Old Testament was out about. It's Jesus trying to get back to you. He wants that fellowship with you. He wants that He wants that fellowship and love with you. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.